Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Yes, it's Friday the 13th, but I'm going to think of another attribute of today. Today is World Kindness Day. So I'm going to try to perform a random act of kindness. So that's the start of your morning buzzcast for Friday, November 13th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. Everyone made it to Friday, ready for the weekend. Let's start right with college news because Robin Harris makes another big decision. Remember, the Ivy League executive director led the way as the Ivy League was the first conference to cancel its men's and women's conference tournaments in March. Remember, way back in March. The Ivy League was also the first conference to announce it wouldn't hold fall sports because of the coronavirus. Now, yesterday, the Ivy League became the first Division I conference to cancel winter sports, men's and women's basketball, wrestling, indoor track and field, swimming, fencing. Those were some of the sports impacted here. The conference also postponed spring sports until at least the end of February and won't conduct competition for fall sports during the spring semester. So spring sports like lacrosse, baseball, softball seasons will be delayed at least through the end of February. Now the athletes will not lose a year of eligibility and they will still be permitted to attend practices if they're structured in accordance with local guidelines. But still, Robin Harris, the Ivy League, taking a proactive stance, again, becoming the first Division I conference to cancel winter sports. I can't imagine as many conferences following this lead as did way back in March when they canceled their conference tournaments. But still, very noteworthy, Robin Harris and the Ivy League making this move. Let's go to the NHL where we talked all week on the Buzzcast about the Board of Governors meeting that was held yesterday on Thursday. Not a lot of news came out of it, but the main focus is that the NHL is still focused on a target date of January 1 to start its next season. That means training camps could be tentatively scheduled to begin in one month. That's unbelievable. One month. But players have not been provided a date to report to their respective camps. Another element out of the Board of Governors meeting from multiple reports is that most of the focus of the NHL is to open the season in home arenas rather than in these bubble cities that we've talked about. Apparently, there was great concern among the NHL about the significant cost attached to operating within a bubble and the preference, of course, for each team to at least try to open in their home cities. So those are the details of note that came out of the NHL Board of Governors meeting yesterday, January 1, looking now like more focus on opening up in home cities. Let's talk about the NFL because in a virtual meeting set for today, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and other league executives will meet with club officials and begin answering some questions from teams about next season. Now, a lot of focus, understandably, is on finishing this season, but in a virtual meeting today, Goodell and others will talk about what they're looking ahead for 2021, the Senior Bowl, the Draft, the Combine, fan engagement. They'll give an update on commercial partnerships, and they'll roll out something that sources tell Ben Fisher is called a Marketing Innovation Preview. 
So as clubs struggle to look at the path forward, now they're getting some guidance or some insight from the league about what the league is thinking about next year. Sources tell our Ben Fisher that despite this week's optimism over a possible vaccine, most of the information from the league office suggests that attendance restrictions will continue through next fall. Let's shift to the Masters because our John Aran and David Rumsey noted yesterday that if the Masters final round on Sunday on CBS rolls late, if it goes into a playoff, if anything exceeds 4 o'clock, coverage will shift from CBS to ABC and ESPN. They would carry the final holes and the championship trophy presentation after 4 o'clock. Now, it would also be seen on CBS Sports Network, cbssports.com, and masters.com. CBS announcers and the production crew will still be used to produce it and present it, but it would still be odd to see the final holes or the trophy presentation on ABC and ESPN. A couple of other things related to the Masters. Remember, ESPN's College Game Day at Augusta National on Saturday morning. That will be very cool to see. And finally, related to golf, if you haven't checked out yesterday's closing bell, check it out because we show the trailer that HBO released. It's the official trailer for its documentary series, Tiger, which is set to release in January. It's about a minute and 30 seconds. Pretty cool stuff. Go to Closing Bell and check out the official HBO trailer for its documentary series, Tiger. Shifting to college football, we all know the uncertainty heading into this weekend. Well, during a radio interview on Thursday, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said the college football playoff committee has had discussions and set up contingency plans about possibly pushing back the dates of the semifinals and the championship game. That's according to a story today in The Athletic. Bowlesby noted that the operations committee has talked about adjustments to the event schedule. Right now, the national semifinal games remain scheduled to be played on New Year's Day. The title game would be played January 11th in Miami. So if they push that back, what's the risk? Will they go more head-to-head with NFL playoff action, obviously? But it does show that Bowlesby and the College Football Playoff Committee looking at all contingency plans as they should be. Shifting over to news from yesterday where Disney reported its second consecutive quarterly loss. Not surprising as the coronavirus pandemic continued to affect its results. But one positive note came from the performance of ESPN+. And overall, Disney's direct-to-consumer business saw revenue growth 41%. That's pretty strong. And Disney cited improved results at Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus now has 10.3 million subscribers. That's more than doubled from the 3.5 million it had a year ago. So Disney seeing very good results from its ESPN+, Plus and direct-to-consumer business. So keep your eye on that. I want to end with, I think, two of the more interesting stories that I've seen over the last 24 hours. First... The Golden State Warriors, always a step ahead. They have spent the past several months working on a groundbreaking plan to allow spectators to attend games at Chase Center for the upcoming season. This according to the San Francisco Chronicle. I've heard about this. Rick Welts has talked about this. The plan centers on coronavirus testing for fans before they go to a game. This would be the first of its kind in the NBA. The Warriors do plan to conduct PCR testing, according to someone associated with the team. The team could send testing kits to season ticket holders before they attend games. They would collect a sample at home and drop it off at a central facility. The team is also looking 
at offering rapid result tests outside of Chase Center for fans before they attend the game. So we have heard about how the Warriors have been working with epidemiologists to do this type of testing. And this is the clearest details of this plan yet so far. Today's San Francisco Chronicle with the news. Check it out. It would not surprise me to see the Warriors a step ahead in this effort. Finally, yesterday, I was in a Zoom conference with a number of leaders across sports. And it was a private conversation, but the conversation was all about ways we can amplify women's sports and the business around women's sports and ways that we can increase sponsorship, viewership, attention, and engagement of women's sports. It was a fascinating conversation. And so yesterday I was, I was heartened to read the news in our global edition last night that I think is very significant. And that's that Formula One is linking up with the W Series. Remember, the W Series is the all-female racing series. It debuted in 2019. Now Formula One will host races staged by the W Series starting in 2021 with eight W Series races to be held in support slots of Formula One Grand Prix. So basically, the W Series will run similar weekends from what I can understand or the same weekends around Formula One global races. This is a smart move by Formula One because the the series has really tried to improve diversity in motorsports. They have launched a hashtag We Race as One initiative. And so now linking with the W Series, that would be great exposure for the W Series and also be able to build Formula One Grand Prix weekends into even bigger events. So that's very good news as we look to amplify women's sports and get more attention and commercial interest and fan interest in women's sports. So that's a lot going on for this Friday, November 13th. That is your morning buzzcast. And remember, it's World Kindness Day, so let's all perform one random act of kindness to make the world a better place. I'm Abe Madcore. Have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. Please stay healthy, take care of each other, and be good to each other. I'll talk to you on Monday. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.